On the north side of Chicago It's the coolest bar in town And if you go up there You better just beware You're gonna find a bunch of clowns It's a mad, mad, crazy bar The whole damn place is just so bizarre Full of all the vice and sin where do we even begin? Tip your bartender. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's another week at the Ale House. Thanks for tuning in yet again. This is Pub Crawl Is. Oh, this is the genius. I'm not going to say it. And uh, Pub Crawl Liz is opening a daisy cutter as we speak. This she doesn't seem to know how to pour a beer very well this for a beer expert. Whatever, for someone who no, you're drinks beer to, on ice. You're supposed to, oh, well, because I happen to have a, a life-threatening oh, illness. Oh, God. That's, That's why, why you drink beer on ice. Yeah. I don't think so. Well, I know so. Um, yes, this is my go-to beer, Half Acre Daisy Cutter. I mean, but learn how to house. pour the goddamn Look how beautiful stuff. that pour is. Let's, let's just why you focus on other things here, mister. Okay. Um... It's it's well. I always say this. It's been another quite the, quite a week at the Ale House. They're always exciting. We don't have boring weeks at the Ale House. Haven't you learned That's that by true. now? When when have we had the boring week? Lots of times. What do you mean lots of times? Some not, random like not, January, not if I'm February. Around. There's no boring yeah, if I'm you're around. A, you're a, you like to stir the pot. You're a shit stirrer. Yeah, I am. You're a button pusher. I am. It's like there's nothing, no activity, so you end up. Um, I like street drama. Street drama. Street drama. What's, how is street drama different than bar drama? Well, bar drama is part of street drama. You are a button pusher. You're a pot stir, shit stir. I love street drama, that's all. Yeah, you're... There's, there's no I boredom. I you a drama king, but you're more like a drama queen. I'd like that. Yeah, I know yeah. you would. I'm, I'm drama cute. princess. Depends I'm, on the day. I'm cute enough to be a drama queen. Well, I, I don't know about that. I do. <laughs> Oh, okay, so something exciting, like big-time exciting, happened in the Ale House on Sunday. Like, people went bonkers. They went apeshit crazy on Sunday. Well, why don't you tell everybody what happened Sunday? So everyone knows that uh, Mike Shannon is a regular here, and he um, is currently starring in a play uh, at the Red Orchid. And... Everyone kind of from Red Orchid hangs out here and there. Well, he's buddies. He's a celebrity, so he's buddies with a few celebrities. So on Sunday afternoon, he walked into the Ale House with uh, former Second City uh, alum uh, Jack McBrayer and even more spectacular for a lot of I mean, people out there. He's also on 30 Rock. He was on 30 Rock, yeah. And also he was on SNL, I think. I don't think he was on SNL. I think he was just on Second City. Uh, the, I think the, he was on Conan O'Brien. And by the way, I painted his portrait was up here. I hope somebody his pointed that out. His portrait is here. Him. I'm sure they did. Because I, I was, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, he's, he's great. He was great yeah. in 30 Rock. Um, but the other person who came into the bar who just everyone went truly, truly bananas over... I think mainly the chicks. I think it was a chick. No, thing. it was a dude. A dude? No, no. But chicks went nuts. No, male, males male and females nuts? alike want to sleep with this man. Really? Uh, and that is Alexander Skarsgård. And so he's, he became most famous for uh, his role as a vampire in True Blood, Eric Northman. 
and then more recently on a show on HBO, Big Little Lies, where he's this real son of a bitch, uh, married to Nicole Kidman. And uh, it was awesome, awesome show, awesome series, great ending to it, and he plays a big part in that. Anyway, so very famous actor, um, but he's unbelievably attractive. And people, all people. Now this is coming. This is, this is coming from a hardcore lesbian. I, so I, no, I, I, I always think, say I'm on a spectrum. Why do you have to talk about this? I'm on a spectrum. Well, as everyone else Because I think is. that's really a compliment. Because when you get a you know a butch lesbian, I'm not a butch lesbian. Well, what would you call yourself? Liz, me. Liz B. Okay. All right. I, I, you know, I one of these days we're going to focus a whole show on your labels. And your necessity to put them on people? No, no, let me just say I'm not politically correct. That's well, all. Well, I don't even think you understand the different... Um, I know the difference between a femme, a lipstick lesbian, and, and a diesel dyke. I'm wearing lipstick right now. Okay, so I do know the difference. I was being a little facetious, that's all. You're just being I was just saying, I was just saying, for you to compliment some guy as being do- drop-dead gorgeous, that's a real compliment. Yeah, I, it I think... It was totally a positive thing to say. <laughs> anyway, um, I think... Yes, men are attractive, very much so. Uh, you just don't like their appendages, <laughs> which I think is a classic case of penis envy, but that's just my uh, particular yeah, yeah. Uh So anyway, uh, Alex Skarsgård came in here, and everyone went truly, truly bonkers. And we posted pictures on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook, and uh, they went crazy. People went crazy. Um, I, I'm a little bit offended because I post a lot of pictures on Instagram and I get, you know, I don't know, 30, 40, 60, 70 likes. I'm, I'm up to like 200 on this damn Skarsgård picture. So I guess that's the society we live in. Well, if you were... Pretty, pretty men, pretty celebrities. Well, uh, if you would have been in here, you could posed with those pictures because Kim got herself right I'm in not there. really uh, uh, a... A star fucker? I'm not, I'm not, if I see someone whom I, like, know and admire, even a celebrity who I recognize and I'm a big fan of, I will never, ever ask them for a picture. I just don't like that. Really? Yeah. Anyway, so, um, uh, that was the big moment of excitement for the weekend at the bar, and I'm sure we're going to get a lot of folks coming in here wanting to see him again. Well, I'll be here. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> okay. Gonna, they're gonna look for Alexander Skarsgård right. and they'll find the geriatric genius. Well, let's, see, let's see if we can get let's see if we can get Steve Marquette up here. We have a a, a very fast special guest because he's actually working the bar tonight, uh, and we've yeah. uh, quickly just hijacked him from his duties. So I'm gonna quickly introduce Steve Marquette. Hi, Steve. Hey, Liz. Hey, Bruce. Hi. Steve is not just a uh, bartender extraordinaire. No, he's, not. he's a very talented musician, and. Uh, he is responsible. Of course, you're the you did the lyrics, but Steve did the music to our absolutely brilliant introductory song. It is pretty and, brilliant, and we want to give credit to the vocalist because she, uh, she did a wonderful job. So, Steve. So let's let's give everyone a little bit of background. So when uh, Bruce and I were thinking about the, doing this podcast, we knew that we wanted a good um, intro song, but something that was very much related to the bar. And we were leaning toward Boz Skaggs, but it was interesting and work so well. And then uh, we weren't leaning. I was Boz. leaning. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I'm not really sure what you were doing, but I was. Anyway, so then we went to um, 
Bad Bad Leroy Brown because there's direct connections to the bar. And so I wrote some lyrics to it, which you amazingly liked. I was baffled by that. I, read the, read, read, I, I wrote the opening line. Anyway, you said... <laughs> um, we wanted that to uh, be even more about the bar. So knowing that Steve is an incredibly talented musician who travels the world, actually... Uh, playing music uh, with his bands, uh, we asked him to just do it for us. Hear the lyrics, go nuts, and uh, Steve produced the wonderful intro song that you hear every time you uh, listen to this podcast. Maybe you'll let him talk. Oh, God. Possibly. Steve. Is there any possibility? I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll jump in here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, uh, the tune came together... Um, with a uh, vocalist uh, friend of mine, Ayana Woods, who also has a solo project under the name of um, Yada Yada. Uh, we were originally trying to get more musician friends and people like that to, to play on the track, but a lot of folks were out of town, scheduling issues, and Ayana's actually my neighbor, so it, we decided we'd do uh, the recording, just the two of us, um, in my dining room with some recording equipment she had. Um, so we laid two, two guitar tracks down, Ayana did the vocals, and then we were trying to fill it out and uh, just used some spoons and shakers and other percussion stuff to make kind of a drum track on it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was uh, I mean, with, with lyrics like that for a podcast like this, I mean, we really had to, to bring our A game. And, and you uh, did. A plus, A plus game, a Steve. Plus game. <laughs> Thank you very much. I can't, I can't get that music out of that tune out of my head. You know what? You always know when Bruce is in a good mood because he'll just look at me and he'll start singing the ditty. I do. I do. It, uh, it, immediately. It's a, it's a toe tapper. <laughs> it, it, it is. Um, and I'm actually, and my favorite part is what you guys ad-libbed at the very end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is about tip, tip your bartenders. Yeah, the... That's, that's perfect. So, anyway, uh, Steve, where, where, it, really, where can, it, really, it really sort of captures the essence of this podcast. Where, where can people hear the vocalist? Where does she sing? Um, Ayana plays all around town. Uh, a lot of times at venues like The Hungry Brain or Constellation. Uh, actually, she has a show coming up. Ayana is actually from a, a really amazing musical family. Her sister, Jamila Woods, uh, a lot of people would know from the Chance the Rapper tune, Sunday Candy. She sings the lead on that. Really? Um, cool. Next I, thing you know, Chance is going to be in here. I, Entirely possible. Isn't he pals with... Uh, what do you know about rap? I, I know that he backs some asshole that's a tr- pro-Trump pro-Trump rapper. You're out of your Jay, tree. Jay-Z or somebody like uh, that. I don't know about I don't know about that, but I do now know. Why don't you stick to your Bach that and your Ayana classical will, stuff? Because uh, you don't know. Ayana will be. I got pl- suspicions. <laughs> yes. Anyway, go uh, back to. Ayana. She'll be playing at Constellation uh, venue at Belmont and Western on Friday, August tenth at eight thirty p.m. Uh, so I encourage everybody to go see yeah. her. Awesome. Uh, go Constellation August tenth. I wonder if she might sing the. Uh, the podcast. <laughs> I will, I will definitely, uh, definitely ask her. If anyone goes to uh, Ayana's show on August 10th and she sings it, you guys better capture that for us. All right. I think I think the bartender's staring daggers at us because we're keeping her. Um, um, well, before before that happens, Steve, what about your music? And is there anything coming oh, up that yeah. you want to plug? Um, I have a gig August 9th 
at uh, Elastic Arts with a new project of mine uh, made of Chicago and New Orleans musicians, um, Aurora Neeland and Paul Thibodeau from New Orleans, Anton Hatwood from Chicago. For the second set, that band will be finishing our first tour. For the second set, we'll be joined by uh, Kim Alpert doing live video, uh, Jasmine Mendoza, a great dancer, and uh, Leah Cole, an amazing cellist. So August 9th is the next thing I have in town, um, 9 o'clock at Elastic Arts. Awesome. Steve, thanks for popping up oh, no into, problem. The, into the booth real quick. I think yeah. your other guest might be here. Uh, I believe he is, and there's a very <laughs> short window. So, thanks, um, Steve. Appreciate it. All right. Well, we are up. very lucky because Street Jimmy, who is now drinking a... Look how unprofessionally he's eating right now. No, because Jimmy knows what he's doing. I was just eating popcorn before the show, and you're giving me shit for yeah, eating popcorn before we're recording. And now way, he's stuffing his face with ruffles. By the way, and could you describe his outfit? Uh, Jimmy is wearing a tank top. Uh, we don't call them tank tops, do we, Jimmy? We call them wife beers. Oh, God. You guys are terrible. He's wearing jeans and a tank top. Yeah. A stylish tank top at that. Look, look at that. Does that look like a guy that's been on radio his whole life? Look at that. <laughs> he's got a he's got a cute little small cap on, He loves potato too. chips. The guy, the guy right here, pretty Jimmy. much lives on just. Sure do. <laughs> okay. All right, well, Street Jimmy's back. Jimmy happens to come across for almost priceless Olympic medals, track and field, I believe. Jimmy has acquired a little bit of a treasure. Now, we are going to put these up for auction among our listeners, but we don't want any chicken shit, you know, bids. We're talking some serious Why don't we let him describe what they are? Well, no, we we will, I think we'll let you... um, Rock and Roll Ruth will hand you the medals, and you can describe, read what's on the medals. Now, Jimmy, Jimmy. Give the medals. Now, Jimmy, talk. Okay. Jimmy, would you please talk in the microphone? Now, here's what I'm going to have to ask This looks like you. a nice little Tiffany bag, by the way. Well, the woman, according to Jimmy, the person who gave them to him is a... Oh... Uh, white lady, she's she rich. rich, rich white lady. Old, An old, white lady. old white rich lady. And, well, and Jimmy, why did she give you the um, these priceless medals? She just gave them to me to help me. To just help you out. Help me out. I okay, won't. so could you uh, read? Could you read what's written on these medals? Um, sure, I'll try because. Uh, one of them says first place for the long triple jump. Wow. Really? And I can't tell you where it's from, though. What do you mean? That's a, those are, you can't tell an Olympic no, medal? No, it, it doesn't. <laughs> can't you read can't the tell. Name. All it says on the bottom is 2009. Yeah. Is there Olympics in 2009? Oh, that probably is the world championship. Uh, so. mm-hmm. Okay, what's okay, the other so one? There's that. That's one. one. Uh, there's another one that says, I can't read the back because it's all scratched up. But there is a, a tennis shoe with wings on it, so I'm guessing it's another running competition. It doesn't tell you. Huh? No. no. Uh, there's another one that says 2003 on the front, and it says the Great Lakes Tournament of Champions, fourth place. Oh, what, 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 that's. And the last one. Yeah. Is something that says 2003 to 2004, believe it, achieve it, spirit challenge. Wow. Jimmy, those are, would you please talk? These are some good medals. Damn good medals. Uh, and 
Uh, and Jimmy's not going to be a pig about this, but he wants a fair offer, right, Jimmy? What What are we talking about? What kind? What? My offer is like two hundred. Uh, wow, uh, you're giving them away two hundred for, for the set of well, four. Uh, if you can get a uh, somebody go a little high, want them is the bid is on. The bid is the on. The bid is on. I like that, Jimmy. Isn't there a song the like that? The bid is on. I oh, know that's a heat is on. And um, but we don't, we're not going to take any checks. No credit cards. This has got to be cash, right, Jimmy? Only cash. Only cash, cash money. Yeah. That's what cash, cash talk. Money talks, bullshit walks. Right, Jimmy? That's right. So, Jimmy, by the way, tell us what you've been doing for the last week. Well, living a good life. That's a, a good life. Okay. Um, I have a be- question for you, Jimmy. When you crack corn... Do you care? Hey, Jimmy, can you want me to sing the Jimmy song? No, hey, Jimmy, you want me to sing the no, Jimmy song? I'll, I'll Jimmy, Jimmy crack corn and... No, no. I don't, he don't care? No, no. I'd like to sing the oh, Jimmy God. song. No, no, no. There are some uh, things that Bruce invents around Jimmy songs, and sometimes they're a little... Well, they're, they're truthful. Street. They're truthful. They're street songs. But they're also a little... Can be a little bit harsh. So he doesn't want you to sing them. Well, he's a very or say them on Street Jimmy's the a podcast. Ver- Jimmy's a very private person. He's already tuning out right now. Yeah. Oh. So okay. here, well. here, I would give those medals to uh, back to Ruth to, for safekeeping, in case somebody comes in here. Right. All right. Okay, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for stopping by. Yes. Okay. 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 So man, and a, there he goes. A man of few words. A man of few wow, words. Wow, two guests in one show. Holy smokes. Yeah. And who knows? Nuts. Who knows what? Yeah, Skarsgård might walk in here. <laughs> it's very possible. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Steve Marquette, a character in the bar. Jimmy, a character in the bar. Uh, celebrities, characters in the bar. Well, there's um, no shortage of characters at the office. The only trick is get, the, getting them to sit down. Well, no, but a lot of them are dead, some of the good ones. Well, yeah. I mean, and speaking of, I 90%. mean, and here we we just talked about three people who aren't even the majority of people who've come in here. I think are connected to Second City or have some sort of comedic background. Correct? No, <laughs> I don't think that's correct. Okay, then what would you say is is there is there a common thread to them? We just have unique characters. This place is a magnet for unique characters from all walks of life. Okay, but I'm interested in, in the comedy guys or girls. Well, comedy. I mean, yes. Who was your favorite? Well, I'm very prejudiced about this, but my all-time favorite funny man, and I've seen them all. I've seen you know John Belushi and John Candy and Aykroyd. Uh, you, you name it. We've had. Um, I mean, even Lenny Bruce, who is you know one of my all-time favorites. Um. So, okay. But Lots my all-time favorite. And did all of them come into the alehouse? Yeah. I mean, I'm just talking about the people that came in the alehouse. Okay, okay. I mean, Charlie Chaplin never came in. I'm a big fan of his. Well, because that was really... Okay, so, uh, no. Time period. Uh, no, and the ones I'm talking about are the ones that came in the alehouse. Okay. But uh, my favorite was uh, my really good friend, John Fox. And John Fox is really, really personifies what the alehouse is all about. So who was he? Well, he's a stand-up comic. And, and, and get this. He's from Waukegan, Illinois. 
his na- real name, I forget what the hell his real name is, but there was another comic when he started Which, by out. the way, you should really use the word was because he's no longer a living human, correct? Well, yeah, he's in... What do you mean, well, he's either not or he is. Actually, he should be in the jar right right below his picture, but his kids did a, did a freak out. I mean, that was his request when he died, was to have his ashes in the old... He wanted some of them scattered at really Field, and then he wanted the majority of the, the majority... Um, right below his portrait in the alehouse, and his kids were t- see his kids were very offended because he was an alcoholic, a really horrible degenerate alcoholic, and they kind of blamed bars. And I guess they didn't think it was appropriate. To, and particularly, I had a lot of my favorite John Fox portraits, one of him hanging himself and things like that. And uh, they came in, took one look at all those tribute paintings I did of John. And they turned right around and walked out with the ashes. I feel like, I feel like everyone who has some sort of desire, who's affiliated with a with a bar, and says, "This is what I want with my after I die." No one ever pays attention. Well, you said the art. Well, well, well. Art's like, don't cremate me, but then all of a sudden, B did. Yeah, she did, and B would be very upset because when we had her cremated, her jar of ashes is twice as big as Arthur's. <laughs> I, I know she wouldn't that, like that. That seems right. Well, she was bigger than I was. Well, I'm talking. Well, that's the point. I women, mean, her men. Ashes, her ashes took. Okay, so John so, was from Waukegan, Illinois. Yeah, and get this. He went to the Jack Benny, I think, junior high school. Okay. Well, don't you think that's ironic for a stand-up comic to go to the Jack Benny school? Yeah, I guess. Because Jack Benny's from Waukegan, too. Yeah, I you guess. You probably didn't know that. No, I didn't. Do you know who Jack Benny is? Of course I do. Okay, then what the hell? Are you, I mean, you... I, I just don't think that's you? a fascinating fact, but all right. I think it's a very fascinating okay. fact. So anyway, um, he um, he was a house painter uh, before he became a stand-up comic. He brought that a lot of that into his routine. And... Um, but I, I didn't get to know Fox until he was kind of... He lived. He, he lived uh, right around the corner of the alehouse because it was perfect place, kind of, for a stand-up comic who had to fly all around the country. It was a good location. And um, in, in those days, when I first met him, he was still doing Vegas, Atlantic City. He had all kinds of regular places. And uh, But he did have this drinking problem, and the drinking problem became more and more of a problem. I mean, he used to appear regularly at Zany's down the street. And then one night, um, he got so drunk, he kept repeating his lines. And so... Like the same joke? Yeah. And then the people... So the people started heckling, so he took an ashtray and bounced it off some guy's forehead. So they... The, 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 and Zany's, you know, they appreciated him, but they wouldn't let him perform anymore. And but he was really great because he'd bring me up to the now Fox because of his drinking and his personality. Typically in the alehouse, you know, people tend to make fun of you and ridicule you and say horrible things about you because they do that about all of us. But um, it's a great place, everyone. <laughs> but Fox, Fox could go in the back door at Jamie's. And he, and he was a great audience. He had this unbelievable laugh. And um, he, if he thought you were funny, well, he knew all the funny comics, so he'd always say, hey, 
come on over. I'll get, you, I'll get us in the back door at Zaney's because this guy's really good. I've never heard of half these guys. But he also, when some big-name com- comics would come through, uh, he'd say, hey, let's go over to this green room. I want to introduce you to Jeff Garland. So, I mean, he'd been here. So now here he is in the alehouse getting crap from everyone. We go over to Zaney's, go up in the green room. Jeff Garland, it's like... Holy cow, this is John Fox. You know, this guy. Oh, so he was, like, famous amongst the other people. Oh, he was huge around. I mean, every time I go over and see... Okay, so, again, pardon me, because I don't I don't know who he was. I never saw him Well, you uh, can Google him. Okay, I will. I'm just letting you know. I've never seen any of his acts. I never met him because he died before I started coming here. Um, so I know nothing about him. So I'm coming into this completely, com- very blindly. Um, was like, was he ever on any of like, you know, oh, Le- Letterman? I, oh, or hell yeah, he was a fixture. He was on. He used to when I first met him. He told he told us he was on. Uh, what the fuck is Three Jimmy doing over here? He's really. Hey Jimmy, this is really annoying. Jesus. Uh, what what what's he doing? Jesus Christ, he's the most annoying little crackhead in, in, in the north side of Chicago. Um. So. Um, when I first met him, I said, hey, were you ever on Carson? Oh, yeah, I was on Carson 11 times. Really? Yeah. Well, now somebody was sitting with me, so they came in the next, next day or two. They said, hey, Fox, I checked. You were only on Carson seven times. He said, reruns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was on Carson a lot. Wow. And he I, gotta, was, I do he, have to Google this. Yeah, well, you can see his. I mean, you can Google him and see some of his stand-up. So the comedians that were sort of up and coming knew who he was. And All the coming. He he opened Rodney Dangerfield for years. Really. And he could do a spot on Rodney. In fact, I in one of my books. Yeah, get 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 the little crackhead out of here, Jesus Christ. Um, in one of my books, I describe when I he used to go out and he loved playing golf. He was. Actually, quite quite impressed because we go out on a real hot day. Now, this guy had just had maybe 15, 20 tequilas the night before, washed oh, him down with 10 beers. He was a um, serious alcoholic. Oh, no, he was he was Hall of Fame material. And he would get drunk four or five times a day, go home and sleep, oh. and then come back and do it. I mean, yeah, he was... Ooh. So, um, and he was able to, well, I guess maybe he wasn't able to have a, a career because he. Well, that did kind of. <laughs> it, it, it took its toll. I mean, because one by one, Atlantic City said no more eventually, then Vegas, no more. But anyway, he used to ro- open for Rodney. He could do this great Rodney imitation. And uh, so one day we were out playing golf at Jackson Park. And he liked, he loved golf. I mean, he wasn't good, but he could play. And. Um, in the hot sun, he could walk 18 holes, no hat, and um, so that's that was in the fall that I was playing some golf with Barack Obama. He'd come out and play a few holes, so he got he shows up in the parking lot just as we're finishing, and so he says, "Hey, Bruce, you want to play the inside five out Jackson Park? You could play one, two, three, and then 17, 18 without having to cross the street." And so, I always liked like playing with Brock. So I said, "Hey, Fox, uh, let's play five, the inside five with." with uh, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. This is called golf. I know inside five. What the fuck is that? I just said you I play know. the first three holes of the last uh, last uh, seventeen and eighteen. 
That's five. Can you, you count only that? Go, you only go, you show up and only play five holes? Because it's getting dark, dum-dum. <laughs> it's getting dark. You don't have time to play 18. Does that... They let you do that? What the, what the fuck are they going to do? What are they going to do? Send the FBI oh, out there and say go, you can't... You just go on, you don't pay? Well, I've already... Yeah, what the fuck? I mean, I already You have to pay. pay to go play golf. Yeah, but we were just play a few extra holes. That's all. Brock would have had to pay. And it did. So, Fox, uh, wow, I can't believe I'm just like, I'm mean, talking to a really mentally challenged little Mexican girl here. So, um... He's on a. He's on a. Uh, he's in, well, a, no, but he's in a special place tonight. Well, special. I think I'm talking to <laughs> a real special place. So anyway, so Fox says, "No, I, I, I." Plus, he was you know beat to shit from all his drinking, but he said, um, "No, I gotta have a drink. I gotta have a drink." So I said, "Hey, do your do your uh, Rodney for for uh, Brock." Brock was a uh, state senator at the time. Illinois say he was Fox had no clue who he was. So Fox had him in stitches, he's doing this Rodney stuff. He had this great Rodney stuff. You know, I asked a cab driver where the action was. He took me to my house. <laughs> you know, that stuff. And um, so when Fox is in here in two thousand eight when Brock is uh, winning the election, we're all sitting at the end of the bar you know, with our fingers crossed, and he's looking there, and he says, why didn't you tell me he was going to be president? I would have loved to have played with him. I said, well, Fox, I really didn't know at that time. I, I, I apologize. I probably should have. An obscure Illinois state senator was uh, going to be president. So, um, but I, I loved playing golf with Fox. He was, he was, I mean, until he got drunk, and I remember one time we went out and played at Cog Hill. And um, so afterwards, of course, he had to have well, he had to have a drink between nines and then afterwards. So we're coming back to Chicago, and we, we, I pull off. The, there's a bunch of traffic on the uh, uh, Congress or Eisenhower, whatever you want to call it, expressway. So I pull in Lower Wacker. Well, now we've got our golf clubs on the car. Fox always wears his spikes. He never changed shoes. I mean, you know, wherever he went, just wore golf spikes. And um, so he's never been on Lower Walker. So he's, where, where are we? Where are we? He is, never went on Lower Walker Drive? No. He's like really confused. And he, of course, he's drunk. So he, he's, he's so freaked out by being down here. Where, where are we going? What are you doing? Where, where, where are we at? So I pulled, I pulled off into one of these sharp, uh, dark kind of shadowy spots, you know, used to be there where yeah, the bums used to still are, yeah. Well, I think they have screened off now. So anyway, so he said, what are you doing? So I whipped my dick out, and I said, Fox, get busy. So Fox, he jumps, he grabs his clubs in lower whacker and starts taking off. He's running full speed <laughs> with his clubs, clink, clink, clink with the spikes. So I'm pulling up alongside. Fox, I'm just kidding, asshole. Just have a little fun with you. I look into the Fox. Come on, Jesus Christ. You know. So yeah, you can always pull shit on him. It was great. I mean, he had a great sense of humor. You better be careful, or Rock and Roll Ruth is going to start doing that too. You start pulling off in the dark corners. Yeah, running away. Oh, running away. I thought she was going to be trying to whip something out on me. 
Um, Which, by the way, we talk a lot about, and you talk a lot about you cheating on women throughout your whole life. No, I, well, I mean, boy, I, mean, I just did boy stuff. Bullshit. Oh, bullshit. You're, what are you talking you're, about? You're, you're basically blaming your gender. Oh, well, I'm a guy, so yeah, that's I what am. we do. I am blaming that's my so gender. Stupid. Yeah, I am. Because no. you know what? Stallions need to roam. That's just that's nature. So idiotic. That's just fucking nature. That's idiotic. But what my point is, is this is that women actually have cheated on you, too. Everyone. I've never <laughs> had. I've never had one that Everyone. didn't cheat on me. I can't imagine every, why. Every single girlfriend I ever had, she died. Why do you suppose that is? Well, I, one of them, Indy, um, probably, you know, I've had many, many crazy ones, but she certainly, <laughs> she would certainly probably be the Hall of Fame. She was knockout gorgeous, and she was Dutch Indonesian, had this cute little accent and all. But, and then, she, I mean, there was reasons. I mean, she grew up, uh, had, a, had lived in Indonesian orphanage during the Second World War. I mean, it was she had a rough life. But um, she told me that uh, she told she came to when I was in jail. She came to visit me, and she said she'd been seeing a psychologist. I think. And the psychologist said, because I knew she was fucked around. So I said, you're fucking your psychologist, because that would make sense, you know, because she just pretty much, you know. Um, and she said, you know, my, she said something very interesting. The reason all of your girlfriends are so unfaithful to you is because you are attracted to those kind of girls. You know, promiscuous girls, yeah. which I am. So... She rationalized this, but um, yeah, every girlfriend I ever had. Was I think they probably cheated on you because a, you're probably at the bar too much, or b, they found out you were cheating on them. So you know. Well, no, girls have lust girls in their heart. Girls need attention. Oh, they do. And, and you probably didn't give and, them enough. And, and, no, I always. Well, last I, last know. podcast you talked about trying to pretend to listen. Yeah. Well. Okay. I think, I, I th- but here's the difference. As I was trying to explain to girls when, you know, when they're, because it's a lot different. When I, I mean, as we discussed in one of our previous podcasts, between nothing and mud, men will fuck mud. Women will not fuck mud. Not only will they not fuck mud, they want some kind of emotional connection. Agreed. Okay. Men don't need emotional connection to fuck mud. This can be very, it's, it, it's like, just do it. Just sticking, you know. So, women, when women cheat, there's always an emotional component which really fucks things up. So it's a woman's fault. Yeah. Great. They should be less promiscuous because it's, uh, they just can't shake it off and come home. If you're gonna if you're gonna say to someone, I will be your boyfriend, that means that you are in a committed relationship with this one person, why would you choose to pursue other women if you have made that commitment? Because they're hot. Then don't and make the commitment. Well what are you talking about? Women insist on it. Just don't do it. I don't understand this about you. Well, what do you mean? You know, you, well, you, I shouldn't I'm, say now because whatever. Oh, like it's just because I'm really old now. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, because it's just a different game now. Yeah. Well, no, it's definitely a different... No, but I also found a wonderful girl, and she keeps me in line. You know what? Ruth is great. I, she's one of my favorite people, but I will say this. I have a really hard time believing that none of your previous girlfriends ever in your whole life were not good people. Well, they were all... They all had their good, good and qualities. And I'm sure they were nice to you. They all had their good until qualities. Until you were a jackass. And no, I'll, I'll admit, I've always just had this kind of... Um, I'm just like probably some type of phobia where I wanted to fuck every hot chick I came in contact with. I mean, I... I That's I, a phobia? I guess so. <laughs> it's, 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 called, it's called... I'm hot chick phobic. Yeah. Holy shit, Ruth, you're the luckiest person I've ever met, ever. She is. Look at the look, look at the smile on her face. <laughs> oh, God. Um, no, I had great girlfriends. Um, they all had flaws, though. Well, everyone has flaws. Exactly. So that means that... I had a few flaws. Oh, just a few. Oh. Anyway. Well, and and I, I must I will say another thing for all my girlfriends. They all had jobs. They all worked. Yeah, I can't believe they had these two things that you loved, and you fucked it up with all of them. Um, I would say, I would say it wasn't just me. I'm gonna. Uh, you know what? I I don't want to play the blame game and blame Oh, it looks like you love playing the blame game. But I think that based on the stories you've told me, the things I've read, I think that you have had a certain situation where you're the catalyst for a lot of the breakups or the cheating. For example, can you please tell me the story? (laughs) I've only read it. I've never heard it from you. Basically, I'll just say, you the whole neighborhood saw you running down the street naked. Well, that's in um, that's in Portrait of the Genius as a Young Man. And okay, so what's the background on that? Because please well, tell this is an amazing story. Yeah, but I mean that's kind of telling people. You know, my book is just replete with this. Well, there was this it really is. there was this real hot chick. She was older than you me. You were dating somebody. Yeah, I was living with uh, the, the character Heidi down the around the lovely, lovely, attractive, blonde, beautiful tits. Just this best, is, probably the best pair of tits I've ever run into. And this is 1963. Um, yeah, it'd Ish. probably be more like 65. Okay, and you guys lived around the corner from the ale house. Yeah, and she worked at the art institute, right? Yes. She had a nice job. She treated you well. Yeah, she was. Uh, um, secretary for the Curator of 20th Century Art. Which was perfect for you, art guy. Well, it didn't do anything for me. No, but you could at least speak intelligently well, no, about the I subject could, that you loved. I, well, she was very much in the art, yeah. No, okay, it was so a very, sounds like a wonderful she, woman. She was. Okay, so then what happened? Well, there was a series of things that happened, but um, probably it was... a. I, there was there was this lust object. Her name was Debbie. I'll call, we'll call her Debbie Green. And she was about I was probably twenty four. She was probably probably almost thirty. Probably twenty or And she was she had a boyfriend who was a professor or assistant professor over at University of Chicago. And a real nice guy. I liked him. 
So this makes me look kind of, you know, I, I don't come out as a, as a heroic figure here, but I'd always lusted after Debbie. Well, my friend Harry, um, you know, I was always like, you know, who's the hottest brother in the neighborhood? I think, I think maybe Debbie might be the hottest piece of ass, if you think about it. She had this little, uh, uh, little kind of smirk. Little, she was just this petite little brunette. She lived right around the corner over on Wall Street. And she, she was working, even though she had been married to a, a prominent psychologist. I think he was a psychologist. And, but anyway, so she had alimony. She also had a little kid. A kid about. But she was. She would come to the bar and hang out. Oh, she'd come to the alehouse. I was. I mean, that was a type of you know, a lot of people. But yeah, she would come into the alehouse. She was working another as a waitress. I think it was. Chances are one of the neighborhood joints. So she. Uh, I kind of lusted over her, but you know she was older than me, and, and you know I just figured there was no no way. Plus, I liked her husband, uh, boyfriend. So anyway, one day, Harry comes in. I was not at the house; I was at the bar down around the corner. It used to be called uh, Second Chance, and I'm sitting there having a beer. Harry walks in and says, "Well, you know, I wouldn't give her a ten. But I give her an eight. I says, who are you talking about? She says, Debbie. She says, Debbie? You just fucked Debbie? Yeah, why? What's the big deal? No, oh, jeez. I said, you just fucked Debbie? Wait, so would you guys kiss and tell all the time? Of course. And you guys would use this rating system? The sophisticated 10 scale? Yeah. Well, I didn't... I mean, I was a little more... I was a little more poetic than he was. Is it classy? Well, I mean, you want to hear the story or not? I'm listening. All right. I mean, I, I don't want to spoil my book. So anyway, um, so I went, well, you, I just told, no sooner as you get done telling me about banging Debbie, but another chick walks in, these two kind of odd-looking one, women, and Harry, his time, this tall, skinny girl with glasses, boom, he's out the door again with her. So I'm, I'm just like kind of bitter. I mean, Harry just fucks Debbie. I'm, oh, this is just life's not fair. So I walk over. I, sit, I walk in the ale house, and I'm sitting down on my way home, and I'm to having, your girlfriend. Yeah, and I have a beer, and who comes walking in? But Debbie, she says, "Oh, Harry said." Um, because she had to stay home and look after a little, I, I won't even say the kid's name, but um, and, and so um, she comes looking in. She says, uh, uh, where's, where's your asshole friend? So I said, I, I felt like saying, he just left second chance with some skanky whore. But I said, I don't know. So she sits there, has a cigarette, put a little chin up. And a little snotty looking little look she had, smoking her cigarette and um, um, drinking a beer. So when she finishes, she says, "Well, I'm going home." So I said, "Well, I'll walk you home." This is unnecessary. This is all it is. So I, I walk with her around the corner, and so she says, "Okay, well, I said, well, I'll come up." Okay. So you basically forced yourself. No. Into her home. She, she lets Was me. Was she drunk? No. 
okay. Absolutely not drunk, sober. So why we go up there? Now, here is a mistake I never make again. I point this out in the book. I mean, then we got walked through her door, and I babysat for her. I, I done some babysitting for her and never even dreamed on hitting her on her when she come home. And she always asked me, hey, you want a beer? She kept beer in the icebox. She had a great library. So, a uh, library of beer? No, just a library. Oh, library. For, for reading. Got it. For reading. She had a great fridge full of beer and a great library. Yeah. So uh, I never dreamed of hitting on her. So, now, so you start hitting on her. Oh, the minute we walk in the door, I started to get... And so she, but see, this is all calculated. You knew you were going to do that the minute you insisted on walking her home. Oh, and no, of course it was calculated. Yeah. I mean, but Harry just fucked her. Let me give a shot at this. I mean, oh, we know yeah, that she yeah, got... Even though you have a girlfriend at home, probably just got home from work, probably a, cooking you pork chops or the, something. No, no, it was getting, it was, it was getting late. So um, there was no pork chops. No. <laughs> That's the most important part of that story. There's no pork chops. So, Let it be known. So forget about the girlfriend part. So anyway, um, so we start pulling each other's clothes off right by the fucking door. Now this How is a horrible mistake. How the fuck did this happen? This is the point. She didn't want you to walk her home. She didn't want you to come upstairs. No, she was she was How, aloof. She was aloof. Until, How did you go from zero miles per hour to a hundred? Well, I mean, this is Debbie. I mean, this is I mean, Harry did it. Why not me? So. All of our all of our clothes are in a big heap right by the door, right? She says, well, I'm not I don't, I'm not in the fucking on the couch. We have to go into my bedroom. And we can't and, and she said also, she gave me rules as we're walking into the bedroom. She says, um, the kid, I won't say his name, gets up early so you got you can't be staying all and was the kid in the other room? It's like down the hall. Jeez. It's a, kind of a big place. Okay. So um yeah, the kid. Oh, the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, we go in and this uh, in the moonlight. The moonlight's coming through her bedroom window. Her fucking ass looked like it's made out of Grecian marble. I mean, in the moonlight, it just looked. It was perfection, and just this gorgeous little snatch. I mean, it was just perfection. Okay. It was just absolutely okay. perfection. So. We, we get, she jumps and she gets in bed, and unfortunately, only like rolling around the bed for about five minutes, where all of a sudden there's this knocking on the door, and she freezes. I mean, I you froze too. Well, I'm, I mean, I don't freeze, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just like, she's freezing. I know something. I said. It's not, and then, I don't know Was what it name. the kid? No, no, no. This is her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. But she had put the chain up on, on the, the door. On the front door. So, theoretically, I could have rushed, got my clothes, either hidden or gone out the window. But, before, before, it was maybe the second knock, all of a sudden there was a smash, and the door was smashed open. Now, her boyfriend was, he wasn't that physically fair, but he was a big guy, probably 6'2", 6'3", probably 250. Um, and so he's standing in the doorway of the bedroom. Now, I'm naked, and here's, and what do you say to a guy? And in those days, now, let's say he attacks me, 
I'm totally in the wrong, right? And yes. That's all, yeah, I'm totally wrong. Not only that, my dick is rock hard. I, I mean, you try to get, I'm thinking, getting in a fight with a hard dick. So the window. <laughs> Could the, you use it to your the, advantage? Uh, what, like as a sword? A sword? Yeah. yeah, no, I was, I was very protective of that. So um, I go out the window. What else can I do? And I'll never forget. So he saw you. Oh, he sat there staring at me. And you jumped out the window. Yeah, but there was uh, a fire escape. Yeah. And I'll never forget running down the fire escape. In where the was this? It's right around the corner where the well, cigar shop is. Give me an intersection. Right where the cigar shop is. Oh, what, uptown tobacco? Yeah, it's right. There, there's a building right next to it. Okay. But it was, uh, they fixed it all. I mean, so I'm coming down this, the fire, metal fire escape. My feet, it just vicious on my feet. I'm bare naked. All the bars are kind of getting out now. I mean, the two o'clock bars. Yeah, now it's night. And um, so I, I'm running down, and now I know. I'm looking at all these people. I, oh, before I came out of the uh, gangway, I grab a garbage can lid. And my dick's still getting, it's still, my di- I still got a hard dick. And it's really, that's, which is totally embarrassing. And if you're running, you don't want to be running with that. I mean, it looks horrible, I'm sure. So, um, I'm going. And um, John Gunter claims he saw me. I, I, everybody in town said I want to ask him. Everybody in town said they saw me. Yeah, but he said it was during the daytime. It was not during the daytime, so I don't believe he saw me. But I did recognize, and Lisa Rose's father, Lazaro, was walking down the street. And he says, I don't even want to know. You know. <laughs> And so I would, I, you know, I would have been scared if I saw a man with an erection running down the street. Well, no, I had the garbage can lid over yeah, the erection. Obviously, people saw. Well, yeah, because a couple of the gay guys I knew said that they had full reports. I was circumcised. <laughs> my dick was, so, so um, yeah, people saw. Anyway, so I make it. I'm out, now I'm on my bare feet. Beat the shit out of him on that fire escape. Now I'm running on the sidewalk, and. Um, as I round the corner up at Northern Wells, police car sees me. So they have to do it. Fortunately, they got a little traffic. So they're trying to turn around and come after me. So I make a, a dart down Wheeling Street. And I jumped in first gangway. And the cop car went flying by. So then I, I had like maybe four or five more gangways to go. And they're coming back by this time, so I duck, finally get into my the gangway where I um, we live. So I'm tapping at the uh, kitchen window. Oh, because you don't have your keys. Right. <laughs> I have nothing. I'm yeah. naked. I got a garbage can lid. And, and an erection. And dogs barking. No, I my dick, dick was finally down by the time I got to uh, by the time I got to the house. So I'm beating on the window, and I'm trying. You know, finally I wake her up. She's sleeping. You're so such she, an asshole. So she looks out at, like she can't believe what she's seeing. <laughs> and I'm, So now I have to think quick. She opens the window just in time because the cops are flashing spotlights now and all the gangways. So what happened? And so I I don't want to talk about it. What do you mean you don't want to talk about it? You're naked. You just came in the kitchen window. What, the, what, the, what do you want to talk about I said, well, it was horrible. I said, I was just taking a stroll through the park a couple hours ago. It was so beautiful out. And um, 
this van pulled up, and it was filled with these gay guys, roughy gay guys. They grabbed me. Why are you going to so you, you pl- blame the gay people? Well, who was I supposed to blame? I Yourself. Say a bunch, a bunch Yourself. Of, no, here's a, here's a better story. A van filled with gorgeous women pulled up, pulled me in, and raped me for about, um, angrily rewrite me. Why That's, couldn't you just say a van full of malicious thugs? Who were after my money and decided no, to steal because my order, wallet? No, because in order to sell it, I have to explain how I'm naked. And yeah, so, so, you're, okay, so I whatever. said I was. So I said I was being gang raped by these um, these uh, thug gay guys. So I said, "What? Well, we call the police." I said, "No, I'll tell you why we can't call the police. I could never show my face in public again if everybody knew ten guys just sucked their dicks up my ass. It would be too embarrassing for me." And so whatever we, so she's she's great. She draws a bath for me. So we got this nice warm bath. So she wants to see what how bad my asshole looked. I said no. But I showed her what my feet looked like. Which my feet look terrible. My, my feet look terrible. So anyway. Um next day. Well next day was the problem. <laughs> Because uh, now maybe the worst thing I did that night, though, I was still so horny from, you know, from oh death. Jesus. So I insisted. I told. So I told her. I said, I gotta fuck you because if I don't, I'll, I'll think I'm gay for the rest of my oh, life. Like, just, this is so wrong in so many ways. I'm so offended as a gay person. Wow, you just have this anti-male thing. No, you're basically making excuses that you were a fake raped by these men yeah. and b. To get yourself out of the situation and see, you're gonna magically be transformed into a gay person because you're wanting sex. This is also wrong. Yeah, but it worked. So barely. Well, it worked up until the problem. Now the problem was this: the next morning, I'm sleeping. I mean, I mean, I'm exhausted. This this was this was a rough evening. And um, so she had gotten up. Had gotten ready for work, and I vaguely think I heard the doorbell. Then I vaguely thought I heard conversation. I was I was stirring. That there was voice a voice, and then all of a sudden, she appeared in the bedroom door with my clothes in her arms, and she said, "I forget the name I use in the book, but." says, uh, he th- thought you'd want your clothes and threw them in my face real hard. And then she turned around and she said, oh, and, did. and she threw my wallet at me, hit me right in the face. Who are you? She said, get out of my house now. So, you know, I, 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 I said, wish I, I would have, I would have thrown confetti in the air, applauded. Yeah, you would have, because you... Because you deserve that. Well, You're lucky she just said, get out of my oh, house. Oh, no, no, she did more. She comes back about five minutes later with the toilet plunger, and she starts whacking me in the head with the fucking toilet plunger, which, fortunately, a fucking thing broke. I mean, this foul instrument, and I'm being beaten by a goddamn toilet plunger. It was really... It was the final straw. So, anyway, that was the end of our relationship. And in the book, I describe then what happened afterwards. Um, but um, 
Yeah, that was, I mean, you would probably grow I was, you know, it's part of growing up. Growing up? Yeah. Good grief. I, I never left clothes by a door, ever, ever again. <laughs> that, that's the lesson. That's the moral. That's the lesson in this whole That's the moral. Horrible story. Never get in the situation. If you're going to have an affair. Have the clothes very close by and an open window. Jesus. You're such a dog. Oh, there's a moral there. You're such a dog. Oh, well, yeah. I'm sure you're perfect. Close. I'm sure. Um, again, we never welcomed Jordan or Ruth because we are so... Well, this we is had, a weird we show. We these guests. Well, it's, it's, we're, we're flexible, and, you know, we get great guests, so we, we got to take advantage of them. Yeah. Um, and I we had to wrap up because... We're trying to stay within those new yeah. terms. Okay. Those think, new limits. I think we've, uh, and we can do some more John Fox some other time. We got some other great John Fox stories. So. Yeah, I'm definitely going to. Um, yeah, Google check him out. Yeah, Google him. It'll you be can see uh, some stand-up. An interesting. I, w- I would like to see him on on the Tonight Show. Uh, yeah, I wonder. You know, did they lose a bunch of those because? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's always a Tonight Show. It's Tonight Show with Johnny Carson or Jay Leno, or whatever the. Whoever the hell it is now, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure that there's something in the archive somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up, and then we can have a more uh, knowledgeable discussion right. about his comedy, because I know yeah. nothing about his style. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, is there anything else you want to say to everyone? I, I think you've just, you know, I mean, I, I would like to have people read these great books, because if you think my, my running down the street with a hard dick was an interesting story, I've got many more of those. I will say, this is exactly what the books are about. Uh, I've read one and two. I'm going to get started on book three. Are you going to give me a book, by the way? Well, will you read it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, um, you brought the book. It'll um, be third in line in a couple of other books I've got on the queue, but all right. I'll read it. Yeah, okay. I'm just wondering if, you know, all my hard work. Yeah, you, you were talking about California Jailbreak. Right? Yeah. 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 You know, that whole oh, book I just and by the way, published for you and, by the and way, had the cover art done for you. That's a great, yeah, you get a book. Of Thanks. Um, You're so, you know what, we were talking about this before. He's so hard on me, and I don't understand why. Hard continually, on you. Continually, continually. I, I, I analyze you. No. <laughs> I put really? you... Really? Yeah. Because this is... Is this called tough love? I don't know what it is. It's called... It's called equal love. It's it's called... You know... No, before I consider the show... So I, I consider you a peer. He does like, love you, Liz. Oh, my gosh. It's rock and roll Ruth. Holy shit. He idolizes you. Holy I shit. Idolize you. Well, let me just... Let me... Ruth... But he is a little rough. And I know. Yeah. And it's good that you throw it back at him. Let oh, him know. I, hey, have I bitched about you throwing back at me? Have I? I'm just saying. You've said a lot of cruel things about me. Do I say anything about it? I don't. I just I idolize you. I take them in stride. I'm just saying, a couple podcasts ago, we had to make some adjustments because I said we need to switch to Monday. I never blamed oh, Jordan. Oh, we're go back. That's yeah, ancient history. Because, no, because you just make oh, shit up. That's last, so boring. Last week of this whole photographer thing, you said I screwed up the date. Nope. I didn't. I proved that to you. Um, earlier today, like I said, I was snacking on some popcorn. I'm, busy. I'm running around all day, and I rush to the bar to do these podcasts, so sometimes I have to hurry up and find something to eat. 
Uh, I'm usually starving before well, the show well, well. or after the show. Write me so, a melodrama. So I got to hurry up and have a quick little snack. Oh, and I, 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 I open up a bag of, of popcorn and you're giving me a hard time for eating it before the show because that's not professional because you think I'm going to keep eating it throughout the show. Listen to her, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to yeah, this whining. Saying, you should be a little nicer to me. That's all. All right. You know what? I have a resol- I'm making a resolution. From now on, I'm going to be nicer to pub crawl. Okay, you guys are all hearing it. Yeah. I can't wait to... Cross my heart on the baby Jesus. <laughs> Great. That's, that means- <laughs> that's what your cousin wanted you to do, to be nice to and, people. And I crossed my heart for her, too. I know you did. Crossing your heart for the baby Jesus means uh, that means nothing. No? Well, how about if I swear on, the baby, uh, on Street Jimmy's dead mama? I don't know what kind of relationship you have with him and his mama. Well, Jimmy does that all the time. Why not me? <laughs> um, Rock and Roll Ruth? Holy smokes. Thanks for chiming in real quick. Giving everyone a taste of the, of the, of the rock and roll. Uh, thanks for uh, getting our drinks as usual and, and helping set up and, and take down and, you know, all that good stuff. And for good Lord. Being well, on, just managing Jimmy. Just managing you. Well, Jimmy was real pain. Jesus Christ. When he's done, get him the fuck out of here. Holy Christ. What was he doing with all the... He couldn't find his sunglasses. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, thank you as always yes, for being Absolutely. our knight Thanks, in shining Jordan. armor. Yes. Figuring this shit out for us. Which, by the way, we found out tonight that a lot of people are listening all over, not only around the country, but around the world. What were some of those uh, countries? What do you mean when you say around the world? Where are countries? Australia. Around the country. Oh, around the country. And then around the world. Oh, okay. So, Australia, we have... (laughs) Your speech pill is affecting your hearing again. No, my speech... (laughs) I I didn't really have a problem tonight. Um, anyway, so yeah, good good information on that. And uh, yeah, as always, thank you, you too. Thank you to everyone out there listening. And this is really, truly a show about nothing again. I think it was very substantive. It was a weird one, but anyway. Uh, but, we, we, have, we have valuable Olympic medals. And by the way, if anybody's <laughs> interested, these... Uh, 200 are the best offer. 200 are the best offer. Highest bidder. For show. For show. Is what he said. Yeah, he, he that was cool. <laughs> um, say goodnight, genius. Good night, genius. Thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.